Essential NLP. Practical skills for a great life. Hi and a very warm welcome from me, your host Phil Parker, to this, the 105th edition of Essential Skills of NLP. Hi, today I'd like to tell you about some research that I've been looking into, which I think you might find really interesting. It's some research into what's called the placebo effect, which most of you would be very familiar with. So placebo effect is, is quite misunderstood. Often it's considered to be something that's a bit annoying. It's about people being fooled and duped into responding to drugs as if they're real things, but it's actually much more interesting than that. The placebo response says that our body somehow triggers physical changes and physical responses to just our anticipation or expectation of getting a pill. Um, and that makes it probably the most interesting thing that occurs because every drug has to get tested against as placebo. Uh, and in every drug that gets tested, a certain proportion of people will respond as if they're getting the real drug. So a couple of things that um, I've looked at recently, which I think are interesting. One is a study of, uh, of asthma. In this study, you have asthmatic kids <clears throat> and they're having a, a normal drug. And when they get given the drug, they're also getting the scent of vanilla at the same time. So those two things can become combined. And this is called a Pavlovian conditioned response where uh, two things occur at the same time. And as a result, we kind of start to learn them and match them together. So we take the inhalant, uh, which helps our lungs and the airways to dilate, to make it easier to breathe, and we smell the vanilla smell at the same time. A little bit later on in the experiment, they, they give the same medication and the same smell, but this time the medication is a sham medication, doesn't contain anything, it's placebo. But because the vanilla smell is still occurring, what we find is the kids respond as if they've had the real drug. So what's interesting here is, is that their airways dilate, becomes easier for them to breathe. So it's not they're pretending to be weller, it's actually there's a change in their physiology as a result of being triggered to remember what it feels like to have the drug going into their system purely by the smell of vanilla, which has become associated with the drug in the previous times they've had it. So that study was reported in 2010 by Brody, but some other interesting studies have also come out by a guy called Benedetti, who's very, very intrigued by what physiological changes can occur. And there's two experiments I'd like to talk about. The first one is one where he has um, people who have uh, who are exercising at high altitude. So he takes them to this little cabin at the top of a mountain where there's not much oxygen around because the higher you go up, the less oxygen there is. And then he gets them to exercise on a bike. <clears throat> and what he finds is that often people, when exercising at high altitudes, will get headaches, they'll get fatigue, and so on. So there's a number of symptoms that occur. Uh, so he gives them this oxygen mask and pumps oxygen into them, measures the oxygen levels of their blood and their headache levels and their ability to endure exercise. What he finds is that when you give them oxygen, their oxygen levels go up in their blood, unsurprisingly, their headaches reduce and their fatigue reduces. He does a similar experiment in his cabin in the mountains. The guys are cycling hard and he gives them oxygen, but this time it's sham oxygen. It doesn't contain any extra oxygen. It's just the same as the normal air around them. This time an interesting thing happens. Their headaches don't change, their blood saturation levels don't change, turns them out of oxygen, but their fatigue reduces, so they can actually exercise a little bit longer. 
He did a third experiment where he has people and he primes them by giving them the oxygen, the real oxygen, two or three times. So they know every time the mask comes on, the oxygen comes, the headaches get better, fatigue improves, and so on. Third time he gives it to them, he gives them an oxygen mask which contains the placebo oxygen. And what he finds this time is they respond to the placebo oxygen, the fake oxygen, as if it's real oxygen. The headaches reduce, blood, blood oxygen levels don't change, um, but they can, uh, they can keep going longer and the fatigue reduces. So by the expectation of this is going to make a difference, this is the oxygen mask contains oxygen, that's enough to trigger a physiological change in their ability to endure exertion at high altitude and to change <coughs> how their brain processes uh, pain in this, case, in this case, headache pain. He also did another really interesting set of studies around Parkinson's. Now, Parkinson's, as we know, uh, is a neurological uh, disorder where uh, dopamine is, um, there's not enough dopamine levels, and as a result, you get tremor. It's one of the things, problems with movement. <clears throat> They're the main symptoms. Uh, um, Parkinson's has been looked at a lot in terms of placebo to see how does it respond because it seems to respond really well it's kind of strange anyway what they found was if you give people uh, apomorphine which is one of the treatments for um, parkinson's a drug treatment they get quite good results you see changes in the um, the amount of tremor and you also see changes in neurological activity in a particular part of the brain, brain called the thalamus <clears throat> If you give them placebo, you don't really get those changes. You don't seem to get such a significant change in tremor or a significant change in the way their brain processes signals. However, if you give them a few doses of the real drug and then a placebo, when you give them the placebo, then they will have exactly the same response to the placebo as if they've had the real drug, because now again, they're primed, they're ready to expect it. Their expectations are, this drug makes a difference to my tremors. And what happens is, when you give them then the placebo drug instead of the real drug, there's a change in their tremors, but really interesting, there's a change in the way their brain fires. There's a change in neurological function in the thalamus as a result of taking a placebo. So what we're seeing here is a couple of things. First of all, there is a placebo effect, but the placebo effect can be shifted and changed depending on what our expectation is. So if people are used to getting a positive response from a drug, and then you give the placebo, pretending it's the same drug, they will get a very strong response because they know that drug makes a difference. So we can really see the power of expectations. And there are some studies that suggest the other thing happens as well, if somebody has a drug that doesn't work, if you give them a placebo, that drug it won't have an effect. If you give them a real drug, it won't have an effect. So it makes us have to really rethink about how much does our expectation, uh, and we're always expecting things, we're always thinking what will happen when we do this, how much do they impact, not just on how we feel, but how our actual physiology changes. Remember the kids with the asthma, their, their airways dilated people with Parkinson's, their neurology changed. Uh, the guys cycling at high altitude were able to cycle further. So physical changes in their body, purely as a result of expectation. <clears throat> so what we also need to look at is, okay, so how can we use this? How can we set ourselves up to have a positive expectation of something? Because clearly positive expectations make a difference physiologically to the way our body works. 
So how can we start to have positive expectations? So if you have a health issue, once you've had an health issue for a while, you start to think, well, this is going to be here for a long time. You start to um, step into that future, that imagined expectation of it continuing. And very often this will be uh, assisted by you know, doctors who say, well, you know, you're going to have to live with this. These things just hang around. There is a question now starting to appear in medicine where they're asking questions about, are these the messages really we want to be telling our patients? And there's a question for us, which is, what are we saying to ourselves? What is the impact of the conversations we have on our physical health? So start to check in with yourself and ask yourself, right, what am I saying to myself? What are, are my expectations? Because we now know from the research expectations, what we expect to happen has an effect on our physiology. What are we expecting in terms of our health? We're expecting this to take a long time to get better, short time. We're expecting this to gradually improve, instantly improve. Are we expecting to never get rid of this or for this to be gone tomorrow? All those things appear, according to the research, to have a massive impact. So think about what you're telling yourself. I remember on the lightning process recently, somebody said to me, it took me a while to think that the thoughts I had, the neurological pathways I activated could have an effect on my health because that's not really what we're taught, is it? But then he thought, you know what, if I had a fridge and in the fridge there was some food that had gone off and was rotting and I ate that food, that bad food, it wouldn't surprise me if that had an effect on my physiology. If I keep on eating stuff that's not good for me. So if I'm triggering my brain in a way that's not good for me, then it makes sense also that that could have an effect on me as well. So have a think about what pathways you're triggering. Are they useful for you or not? If they're not useful, think, how can I change these to more useful ones? Hope that's useful for you guys. See you soon. Bye. If you like these podcast series, then I think you'd really love finding out more about how we could work together. Best things you can do, get hold of the other podcasts on iTunes or get some of my extraordinary books which as I say, if you like these podcasts, they're very, very similar, life-changing, fascinating ways of looking at the world. And the ultimate thing you could do, hey, come and train with me. I'd love to meet you in person. Let us know. Drop us an email, phil at philparker.org or go to the website, philparker.org. Sign up for the newsletters. There you'll get instant access to some of my latest audio downloads. And those downloads contain the latest research, techniques and tools to change your life and improve your health. So just register to get those right now. And I look forward to hanging out with you in person in the very near future. You take care now. Essential NLP. Practical skills for a great life.